Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Man City Show. John Stevenson standing in for Nigel Rothband. So, what did we make of Saturday's game against Notts Forest? And in particular, that red card for Rodri. How costly could that be? And will Calvin Phillips seize this opportunity to prove his worth to Man City after all this time sitting on the bench and being injured? Joining me to discuss that and many other things, fellow Blues, Edward Timpson, Joe Doherty and Steve Cox. Welcome to you all. Let me pick off with you, Edward. Uh, Saturday, fascinating, fantastic. 15, 20 minutes at the start. What do you make of the game overall? Well, it certainly wasn't the game that we were expecting uh, after that, those first uh, sort of 30, 35 minutes, uh, particularly with the the Rodri red card, there's literally 26 seconds, wherever it was after half time. But I think if we just concentrate on the first 20 minutes or so, I mean, it was electric. It was, uh, I think, uh, exactly the type of City performance that we were uh, wanting uh, to see there was the fluidity, the the, the pass, the move. Um, you sort of cutting them open really at, at will during that period, and it was it was also really encouraging to witness some of the the new boys blend so well into that that formation and that style of play, and it re- reaped the rewards with uh, Harlan getting his uh, his usual goal. But then, of course, this is the great thing about football: you never quite know uh, what twists and turns are going to happen even uh, in a home game at City these days. And the last person you expect, the cool cucumber that is Rodri, never never sent off in over 400 games, I'm told. Uh, suddenly, the, the red mist descended. For what reason? We do not know. Uh, but it completely changed the face of the game. Suddenly, we have a back four. Our best attacking players, Foden, uh, still still working hard, but Alvarez goes off. Uh, and uh, it's, it was a completely different game. And ultimately, the result is probably what we expected. Uh, the the manner of it, particularly the second half, wasn't. Uh, and the consequences of that sending off, we'll see. I'm sure we'll come on to it. We will come out into, into that in more detail in just a tick. But first of all, let's concentrate on the, that fascinating, fantastic 15, 20 minutes at the start. The first goal, was it 46 or was it 48 passes? Who cares anyway? It was sensational to watch, Joe, wasn't it? 
Oh, it was fantastic football. I thought both the two goals, they were actually right down the end. I sit in at the Etihad and both of them were stunning build-up play. I mean, that first goal, the, the pass and move and all the passing to lead to the goal was exceptional. But I also thought the second goal was really good with like the, the dummy Nunes did and then getting the ball across for Haaland. Really great goals. And I remember looking to the people around me and said, wow, how good are we? This is incredible. And like you say, when you start a game, with not just two quick goals, but two such good goals, which show Man City at their absolute best. You know, you are thinking we're in for a bit of a bit of an hammer in here. But like you say, like as Edward said, it's a, a football can change at the toss of a coin, and that's exactly what happened with um, with Rodri's red card. I thought it's a shame because it's he's not really like that, but. You know, maybe the game might have carried on like that way and we might have seen a bit of a bigger scoreline. But I think ultimately, as long as we've got the result with 10 men in the second half, that's all that matters. What I love most of all, most of all Steve, was that pass from Rodri across to Kyle Walker, who played mag- magnificently, I thought, and then back to Foden for that first goal. I mean, it was after 46, 48 passes. That was exquisite, wasn't it? I th- it was a perfect pass. And I think not only was Rodri playing exceptionally well, I think Walker seems to be coming into sort of like a twilight, although you'd think he's in the twilight of his career, he seems to be playing better now than I've ever seen him play in his career. He seems to be playing with a much more mature head on his shoulders and he seems to react very well in those kind of situations. And he knew exactly where he wanted to put the ball and for Foden to sweep it home like that, absolutely perfect. Um, you've, You've mentioned about the... Rodri sending off and and I certainly noticed sort of in the latter stages of that first half Gibbs White was hacking at Rodri quite a lot and I suspect that probably was part of the build-up to what we saw at the beginning of the second half because um, you know a few times I saw him sort of walking away from collisions holding the back of his ankle and I personally I blame the ref a little bit for that Um, not that I'm I'm into having a pop at refs but I think after the, the first or second situation that, that, that occurred, it's really up to the ref to take some level of control. And he's either got to have a word with Gibbs White about it or he's got to got to give him a yellow card. And I think if you set the tone where, you know, someone can quite comfortably come through the back of someone and clobber the back of their ankle um, and not sanction them for it, sooner or later, something else is going to happen. It looks like Rodri took it into his own hands. I, I understand um, Gibbs White said something rather nasty about his family it was the kind of oh really i didn't know that yeah i didn't, I didn't know that well let's yeah. let's pursue that let's pursue that red card thought for, for just a minute before we come to other matters with you with you edward i mean you, you said he's never had a red card before uh, in his career as, as far as we know but in fairness to the referee he had no option but to set him off did he well we know uh, not just in the in modern football but probably uh in the, the sort of most recent history of football if you if you grab someone by the throat, at least put your hands up to look like you're grabbing their throat. Uh, that that's only going to lead to one outcome, uh, and that's going to be a sending off. Uh, I, I, I remember many years ago in a charity match of all match of all matches, someone putting their hands around my throat. They weren't sent off, but maybe that was uh, the, the nature of the game. Was uh, it another politician? Uh, sorry, John. Was it another politician? Um, no, well, they may be now. They probably probably qualified for the job, but. Uh, no, it was it was uh, someone who I scythed down slightly. Uh, unfortunately, who took exception to it, but it was uh, it was a poor tackle. To be fair, I'm not sure it warranted uh, a, a, a sort of hands around the throat. And of course, if you do that uh, in in front of the TV cameras with VAR, uh, I think they're just going to back up the, the the ref's decision. But I think Steve 
Steve's point about how it came about, there's maybe some mind games going on. Uh, I think that was definitely a Forest tactic to try and try and rough some of our players up. And they, they unfortunately, they got what they wanted. But any game where there's 10 yellow cards, I think Forest had seven of them, plus the red, you've got to look at the way the ref has handled some of those uh, off-the-ball incidents, some of the, uh, the pushing, the pulling, the niggles, the chat. Uh, and uh, ultimately, yes, Rodri shouldn't have done what he did. Uh, but the, I think the, the referee certainly didn't help quell some of the the, the, the sort of the, the, the climate in which that football match is being played in. Having said all that, uh, Joe, you know the Forest player went down like it went down in instalments, didn't he? I mean, he made a right meal of it. There's no no doubt about that. And um, not just our panel, but many people at the game and after the game questioned the role of the referee. And according to Pep, who the referee lost control of the match. What, what was your view? I think there is a school of thought that the ref did lose control of the match and probably should have done some a bit more about the um, about what the forest tactics were. And obviously, Pep's going to say his class that you know we need to protect the players more, and he is he is right to an extent. But as a fan, it's still very frustrating to see because I think we should know better than that. We know that forest aren't the only ones either. There are a whole host of clubs up and down the country who, if they're playing us away, that's going to be their tactic. And someone like Rodri should be too clever to pull for something like that. I mean, obviously, I, I didn't know, obviously, what Steve was saying about um, Gibbs-White said something nasty, and we've seen that sort of thing for years. Obviously, that's what happened to Zidane in that World Cup final similar incident. But it, I think Rock City as a club, and Rodri in particular, should be a bit too clever to fall for stuff like that. And whilst you could argue the referee needs to... Um, needs to take control a bit more. At the same time, if if he's booking Forest players for everything they do, all the tactics like that, we'd be having the same conversation on the other side of the coin. So whilst, you know, you can't argue with it being a red, and I, I, I think we should have been cleverer than to, to worry about if the ref had, you know, if the ref had had more control over it. It's, it's not good to see, but... I think it's. I think plenty of faults on Rodri's door as as much as Forrest's. How costly could it be, Steve? I don't think it's going to be that costly, to be honest with you, John. Um, you know, we've got a strong squad. I appreciate we've got a few injuries at the moment, and it's not really an ideal time to be losing a player of the quality of Rodri. But I think you look at the second half, and whilst it wasn't quite a, a vintage City performance, we managed to work back to the wall and, and actually grind out a result in it, I guess. Um, I think the bit we probably will miss with Rodri is the creativity that you certainly saw for that first goal. I think, you know, we haven't really got anybody that's a direct replacement in that position that can actually provide that quality of pass. But then maybe it might be an opportunity for Phillips to get a little bit more game time and a little bit more confidence off the back of it as well. So I think there's opportunities there. Look, I mean, we've got to go to Arsenal, um, which is always going to be a hard game, but we should have more than enough to give them a really good match. And, you know, they're not exactly ripping up any trees at the moment. Um, so, I, 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 no, I don't think it's going to be that costly for us. And, and actually, it probably would, might be a good time to give Rodri a couple of three games worth of rest, to be fair, and, uh, you know, rotate him a bit. What's your view? I mean, Arsenal's a big test, isn't it, without, without Rodri? That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the biggest worry of all, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, if you look at last season, I think there was only two, two or three Premier League matches that Rodri didn't play in. He's he's played all nine matches uh, this season, so he's he's the consistent 
high quality performer in that role. And Steve's right, we haven't got anyone who is a like for like replacement. But thank God we went into the transfer market uh, before the beginning of the season, brought Nunez in, brought Kovacic in. Uh, hopefully Kovacic will get his fitness back uh, for the next few games because that could be a new partnership. I, I suspect one or both of them are going to have to to play the majority of those games, games coming up without Rodri in. And uh, as as has been said, you know, this this is finally the chance Phillips may have if Pep decides that the few minutes he gave him were good enough for him to now start him to to demonstrate why we bought him and uh, why uh, he gets regular starts for England. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see what Pep does with the formation, whether he sticks with with the, the, the current approach, but with someone playing the Rodri role, it's a potentially Nunez, or whether he he changes some of the star, maybe goes for a four three three. Um, Foden's playing exceptionally well. We've got the Doku option, so there's some. It creates some nice problems in some ways uh, with the the squad that we still have available. But without KDB, without Stones, Bernardo Silva, hopefully is going to be be back, but we're not quite sure of his fitness. Uh, it just leaves a small question mark about how in those big games we'll perform away at Arsenal. I think we'll still have enough in in the tank uh, and enough ability. Uh, to fill those gaps, particularly with uh, still the strong defence line that we have and the options we have there. So, uh, yeah, a, a little bit worrying, but I think this is a chance for the rest of the squad to step up and show it's not just about Rodri. Do you share that optimism, Joe? I mean, and let's talk a little bit about Calvin Phillips. I mean, many people would argue he's not had a very fair crack of the whip. I mean, he's been injured, of course. He's been out in the first team through injury. He's also not been given many opportunities. He got 40 minutes or so by my reckoning on Saturday. Uh, is he the, the £40 million pound £40 million pound player you expect to see? Is he falling short? Does he need more time? What, what's your view? I just think I think it's simply that we haven't seen enough of him yet. I think he's been really unlucky that he's come to us at a time. Because we obviously we did need another holding mid when we bought him with Fernandinho leaving. But he's just come in at a time where Rodri, in my opinion, has gone from being you know a very good, solid holding midfielder to one of the best midfielders in the world. He's added a lot to his game. He's, you know, he's added a few goals and assists to his game as well. And like you say, he's the player that you can't really replace like for like. So I think to some of the criticism Phillips has got for nothing more, in my opinion, than just not being as good as one of the best midfielders in the world, I think is a bit harsh. I'm actually really excited to see what he brings. You know, he was a very good, oh, he's, he's a bit of an old school holding midfielder in the, the young mould than uh, Rodri is. And I'm, I'm, genuinely quite interested to see what he brings to the table and you may even with games like Wolves and the uh, the cup game up in Newcastle on Wednesday he might even be kind of what we need in a, game, in a bit of a tough game like that obviously Arsenal you ideally want someone like Rodri because in that sort of game Arsenal will be a bit more open and therefore someone like Rodri's passing and creativity you could punish them a bit more but no, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see what Phillips brings, and it, this is his chance. And you know, we're, going, we're probably going to see a very hungry player who's desperate to take this chance and prove that even when Rodri's back, there is a place in the side for him. Are you, Steve? Are you surprised that that Phillips has stuck around? Because there were there were rumours of offers from other clubs, including Liverpool, at one stage. Are you surprised he's stuck around? No, not really. I I think he's he's quite a, an an open and honest guy, and he's always said that he's here for. The, sort of like the longer haul rather than the short haul. Um, 
And we know from history that it, it takes a bit of bedding in to get into a pet side. And, uh, you know, we've had numerous examples of players over the last four or five years where first season not been so great, second season come on a lot better. Uh, Mares was an example. Grealish is an example. You know, that it's not easy to get the, the pace and the tempo of the team and get the position right. And Guardiola hasn't come out and criticised him. He may not have played him as much as Rodri, but he hasn't openly come out and criticised him. He's actually said, if anything, that, you know, he's there, he's the right player, he's doing all the right things, he's got his head up, he's getting on with stuff. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for him to kind of show his show us what he can actually do and get a run in the team, I think. On the contrary, Edward, Pep, I think today or yesterday at the press conference, was actually praising him for sticking around. And, and Steve's right. It has taken players like Grealish and others a year or so to settle in. So. Maybe just give him more time, Edward? Yeah, I think that towards the end of last season, we had a chat uh, on this podcast about what to do with Phillips. And the general consensus was he, he deserves another season to demonstrate perhaps in a, a run in the team what he is capable of. Because we have seen it. It's not as if he, 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 he can't do it. And they wouldn't have brought him to the club if they didn't believe that he would add value. And the fact that he apparently had a, a, a loan... Uh, offer that he turned down over the summer suggests that you know he does want to fight for a place in the, in the team. He, he does want to sh- show what he he can do on a football pitch, and uh, there have been some glimpses of more recent appearances of him that suggest he's starting now to uh, integrate a little into the the, the, the pep way, and, and particularly around possession and his his vision of passing. So I think there's enough potential still there for us to stick with him. And this this window of opportunity he's now got, let's see if he's picked. Uh, that will be that will be the first test. Uh, and then see, see how he fares. Uh, Wolves away, I think, would be a, a great game for him to uh, try and get control uh, and um, perhaps get himself a run in the team. Let's just go back to Saturday's game for a moment or two. Who was your man of the match? For me, it was Foden. Anyone disagree or agree? Nunes. Nunes I thought Nunes was excellent because especially after Belgrade where I thought watching the Belgrade game my opinion of Nunes was pretty much what Steve was just saying about a few other players like you can see the quality but is it maybe going to take him a few months to a season to really get on the same wavelength as some of the other players but Saturday he looked like he'd been there for years his, his positioning his passing was so good and given that he was kind of the player, given that when we brought him and Doku, because of recent history, I was kind of a bit more prepared for them to maybe take a while to to get into the same wavelength in a way I maybe wasn't with the likes of Kovacic. Both of them two have really impressed me so far. And again, Saturday was no different, but him in particular, his movement and his passing was sublime. Steve, your man of the match? Yeah, I I would agree with you on Foden. Um, I think very notable performance. I agree with Joe about Nunes, great performance. I also was a little sad to see Doku go off actually in in and and Alvarez because I thought both of them in that first half had had really good games. I mean, Doku whenever he gets on that pitch now, he seems to be able to take people on. He's not scared to take people on. He's got one hell of a lot of skill, and he's going to give a lot of um, clubs 
a big um, sort of run in this year. And I, I, I'm really excited about him, actually, as a player. It's, it goes back to the times when we had um, Sane on one wing and Sterling on the other. And it's kind of like a different way of, of, of approaching those those puzzles. But for me, Foden at the moment is really coming out of his shell and he's, he's having a really great season so far. And I, I long may it continue because he's one of them. And before we go to the break, Edward, let's just all three of us think about our favourite close season signing. Would, would it be Doku? For me, it's Kovacic. What about you, Edward? I think Doku is a real breath of fresh air, isn't he? And uh, there's a, a lot. So he's only 21, I think. So huge, huge amount to get excited about. And he terrorised uh, West Ham, didn't he? Terrorised West Ham. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's see more of that. Kovacic, impressed? Yeah, yeah, Kovacic. yeah. Sorry. Any Edward first? Yeah, I mean, until his injury, you you couldn't fault his performance, and you you wondered when he was uh, becoming a bit of a journeyman at Chelsea uh, when they were diving down the division, what would happen to him. But um, he's he's demonstrated all the reasons why uh, he was coveted in the first place, and and he's he's been sublime for us in the games he's played, and uh, I, I I think we're going to need him. I have to say, Joe, I, I, I'm a big fan of Coventry, and I, I watched watch him playing at City. I think. Why on earth did Chelsea let him go? You? I agree. I think uh, most of the Chelsea lads I know are saying exactly the same thing. He's the one they really didn't want to lose. He's just, I think he's one of them players as well that you maybe, you realise when he plays you quite how good he is. Uh, is he, he's coming to replace Gundogan. Is he going to be, have quite the same impact Gundogan has? Probably not. But in terms of just having a very intelligent midfielder who fits the style of play without a great deal of trading or transition, to get him for thirty million um, was an excellent bit of business. Was indeed. And final word, Steve on Kovacic. Yeah, I like him. He's he holds the ball and carries the ball really, really well. And actually, both him and um, Nunes seem to have that skill knocked off. And they're, you know, amazing value at thirty million for a player of that quality. I think the only player we've had in the last couple of years that I would say is better value was um, Akanji. You know, for sixteen million, when we bought him, we've been trying to find deal. really good value players at the moment. It's incredible deal. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be asking how we're going to go on against Newcastle, and also here's a thought for you: Are City the new Invincibles? I'll carry on, Leon. Welcome back to the Man City Show. John Stapleton standing in for Nigel Rothband. Well, we've got Newcastle United next, and after that, eight 0 whopping of Sheffield United. What? It's that game, holding prospects, Carabao Cup game, of course. What sort of team should we play? Should we give in? Should we just feel the kids? Give it away? What do you think? Steve Cox, first of all. Um, I don't think we should give it away. I don't think we ever give any game away. But I think it's a good opportunity to rest some of the more senior players and allow some of the youngsters to get a bit of game time. I think we're a little bit threadbare at the moment. We do not, despite what um, certain parts of the media actually say about us we do not lavish large amounts of money on huge squads we don't have a huge squad we've actually got a relatively small and compact squad um, and we don't tend to rotate as much as some other teams do so I, I think it gives us an opportunity it's not really a cup competition that I'm particularly interested in anymore we've won it enough in the last few years to, to make it one of those things that it's not really top of our priority list um, you know I think this year potentially going one better and going for a quadruple would sort of 
be great, but I don't think it really stands out in my mind as being something that is particularly important. Newcastle's quite a tough draw away from home. be interesting to see whether they rotate as well on the back of that. Edward, <coughs> Pep um, indicated in a press conference that uh, he might rest a few people. He's joked that he, if his back gets better, he might even play himself for a few minutes. What are your thoughts on the sort of team we should field? Do we take this seriously or give the kids a chance? I think we'll still take it seriously, but with a sort of a, a, a modicum of realism that it's a long, long season. This is a, a, a tough game away at Newcastle, who, as you say, come off the back of a, a, a stonking thrashing of Sheffield United. So, I mean, I expect some changes. Uh, Ortega, I think we'll see in goal. Lewis, I think it would be good to see him. Phillips, we've been talking about. Be amazed not to see him start. Gomez will probably get another go on the left, and maybe someone like Bob could come on uh, either at the start or, or later on. Uh, he's he's quite an exciting talent as well. So, I, I, but around that, you still got players who some who are coming back from injury who might want to better get a bit of more some game time. Grealish, um, for example, and it makes sense to give one or two of the uh, the big big players uh, a, a bit of time time off with such a heavy schedule of really quite tough matches coming at Wolves Arsenal and then Brighton uh, after that. So it'll I think it'll be a, a mixed team where I think both teams will probably be, I know I'll be completely wrong now, John, but be probably a little bit cagey on the night, not wanting to uh, lose even more players uh, to the uh, uh, to the uh, medical um, team. So uh, I, I think we'll we'll have a good go, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if we, we come out uh, on the wrong side of the result that, uh, that, that Pep will uh, move on quite quickly. Joe, what would be your team for St. James's Park? Yeah, I'd, Pretty much agree with Edwin, actually. I think you want to see a couple of the big names who are coming back, like Grealish, get a go. And I would like to see a few of the... I thought Gomez actually looked quite good against Belgrade, so I'd be interested to see him. I think um, we've also got to remember, Newcastle are probably going to rotate quite a lot as well. Like, this season, they want to get... You know, they've probably clocked the likes of Chelsea and... United dropping off and think they've got a very good chance of getting in the top four as long as they, but they are going to have to compete with the likes of Arsenal, Tottenham, Liverpool, and they're in the Champions League now. And I think they've got a very difficult route. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were quite happy to kind of put out a weak side, maybe lose, lose to us and say, well, there's no shame in that. It's City. We didn't play the first 11, etc. So I'd, to be honest, I think there's quite a good chance, even if we do rotate quite a lot and give some of the likes of Phillips and Gomez a game, but I think Newcastle may do us a couple of favours. Who do you think we should fear the most for this title chase? Uh, let's let's kick off with Steve. I would say Liverpool at the moment, the way things stand, just two points behind us, but of course Arsenal are still there, Spurs are still there. Who do you fear the most, Steve? Liverpool have reinvented themselves a bit this year and gone to sort of like Klopp's team mark two really um looking at the way they've started the season they're getting results in games where they're going behind which means they've got a bit of fight and a bit more press in them I think they're a lot more dangerous than Arsenal um at the moment Brighton are the other team that I kind of yeah think are, are really really good at the moment they play a very similar style to us um they're getting some really good results this year um and you know they're, they're only a couple of points off us really um so I would say Liverpool and Brighton are the two that I kind of fear the most I think Arsenal and Spurs will probably do a choky thing at some point later in the season but I think Brighton and Liverpool will be snapping at our heels for the rest of the season Edward who, who do you fear the most 
Well, I mean, Liverpool are looking completely different side from last season where they, they tanked compared with uh, the, the previous three or four seasons. Uh, I think, in, in my view, they missed Diaz uh, out on the left. Uh, he's a player I would have coveted for, for City if we we'd not found anyone else in, in that role. And they're just playing more more solid, intelligent football compared with last season. So I think as things stand, they are the most likely challengers. But we're so early on in the season, uh, so much more can happen. Um, outside of Arsenal, Spurs, Brighton, I can't see anyone sustaining it for the whole uh, 38 games, uh, particularly looking at some of the squads that, uh, that, that, they're, that they're carrying with them. Arsenal uh, st- still have got a, a lot of what they had last season, but we saw against the game against Spurs at the weekend that m- maybe they're not going to get those um, late wins as they were last last time out. So Liverpool as, as, it, as we are, but th- I think the only people who can stop us winning uh, are ourselves and we just need to keep going. Well, I'll come to that in just a tick. But, Joe, first of all, the team you fear most for the title, Premiership title? Uh, I think Liverpool, obviously, you can't write Liverpool off. They've been really grinding out results this season, which maybe a couple of years ago, they were a lot more a lot more emphatic in how they were winning games. But there is a real um, sort of backs against the wall quality to them this season that's impressed me. I have really, I've been really impressed with Tottenham, I'm, I'm, I've got to say, and... I thought if, if we were going to get a good measure of how good they were going to be this season with how they get on in the derby, that the Tottenham of the last few years, maybe it's, it just feels more dramatic about poor Tottenham were last season, but the Tottenham of the last few years do not go come from behind twice in a derby away to get a point. And I have to say I'm a very big fan of that manager of theirs, that posh, I'm, I'm not going to say so, Angie. Um, I think he's a class act and he's a really intelligent manager with how he gets his teams to play. So I, I really wouldn't write Tottenham off this season. Now, here's a thought. I learned the other day that he's actually managed two, two teams managed by our club. I didn't realise. One in Australia, one somewhere mm. else. Potential success to Pep? Anybody? Yes, 100%. I'd love that. You're that impressed? Mm. Steve? Yeah, he's a, really good, he's a really good manager. He's got a very matter-of-fact way about him, which is a very Australian kind of way. But, he's yeah, he's, he seems to handle himself really well. He's got a great sense of humour, um, probably a little bit more humorous than Pep. But he, he plays a really nice style of football, um, him and Deserby. You know, Deserby, the Brighton manager, excellent manager, really has sort of taken something that is not quite the sum of its parts and made it more than the sum of its parts. Edwin? Well, well finally, Spurs have whether by accident or by design, of actually come across a really great manager. He's motivated the players. He's got a great system going. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, isn't it amazing that none of us, despite the billions of pounds that they've thrown at the club, have mentioned Chelsea, who seem to be now repeating their, their problems of last season. Uh, I just think it's, it's just quite uh, phenomenal that, that that spending spree has resulted in them going even lower in the division. Uh, they're just not a challenger anymore, and long may it continue. Now, here's a poser for you, and I'm quite serious about this. We're doing far better than we normally do at this stage in the season. We're unbeaten. We normally sl- start slowly and catch up, don't we? Here's a poser for you. Could we be the new Invincibles? Remember the Arsenal team of 2003-2004, 38 league games without a single defeat? Could City do the same this year? Joe. 
No, we've got Anfield away and Tottenham away, and I never go into either game optimistic. But like in all seriousness, it's it's one of them. I I never go into any game these days expecting anything other than a win because I think we are capable of beating anyone. But over thirty eight games, I just can't see it happening. You just think whether it's and Liverpool or a Tottenham give us a good game and are just the better team on the day, or we have some stupid game like the Brentford one. Well, of course, and it pains me to say it, but you never can call the derby, can you? You know, United could be as crap as we want, but they'll turn up against us, no doubt. So, no, not for me. I'd, I'd, it'd, be, it'd be amazing. It'd be the next thing to tick off and say we've done after the treble win, but I just can't see it, to be honest. Steve, am I am I am I putting the the commentators' curse on our club by even suggesting it? Yeah, I think you should shut up now, John. Um, no, I, <laughs> <laughs> quite quite frankly, I I have to agree with Joe. Statistically, over a bit a long season like that, it's going to be really hard to stay as active as we would like to be in four competitions and go unbeaten in, in the league. I mean, there are some really tough games to go to, the Emirates, um, White Hart. Spurs Stadium, whatever they want to call well, it. Well, we've never scored a goal. And Anfield. Yeah, exactly. We've never scored a goal there. Yeah. And even Pep was joking about that, wasn't he? He said, what would you really want for your from your team? And he said, well, I'll, I'll settle for a goal at Tottenham. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's really hard to go unbeaten. I mean, there's a chance that we might not necessarily lose to any of those teams, which would then make them invincible. But I can't, I can't see it happening, John. It's, it's too long a season these days, too much football going on and too quite quite close together games at times, you know. Am I being too optimistic, uh, Edward? And if so, what can we achieve? What, what, are, what are your prospects, your thoughts for the season? What, what can we win? Well, I don't want to burst your bubble of optimism, John, but I think realistically uh, we'll still get 90-plus points. I'm confident of that. But we don't draw many games. We tend to either win or, if we are drawing a game, go go for the victory and There'll be the odd game like we've seen in the past. I remember home against Wolves as an example where we let the opposition then nick a goal at the end. Uh, we saw the last season, uh, I think it was uh, Burnley. I'm trying, trying to remember. Someone that Chris Wood was playing for, he's moved around a bit recently. Um, it can't be Burnley because they weren't, they weren't up, were they? But Forest. Forest, Forest, that's the one. Yes, that's that's right, Forest. So I, I I just think there's too many of those scenarios where it, it's just it, it's not going to go our way. And some of the like the the guys said, some of those away matches, our record at, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I think they call it, but very ingenious name, uh, is is always a very very difficult one, particularly this season with the form they've got. So I, I think we're going to win up to thirty games, whether we managed to block people out uh, for eight draws, I think it's unlikely. Win the league nevertheless. FA Cup? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Why not indeed? Gentlemen, thank you very much indeed for your participation. My thanks, that is, to uh, fellow Blues, Edward Timpson, to Joe Dirty, and to Steve Cox. Join us again next time. Bye-bye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.